So we just got the inflation numbers higher than expected. The market was expecting 2.9% inflation. We got 3.1% inflation. Now, what has that done to the market? Well, let's take a look. So You've got Bitcoin now trading under 49,000, 48,856. It has been down to 48,500. If you look at the altcoins, look at them on the hourly. It's a red, red, red picture. Everything is completely red. But if you zoom out and you look at it on the daily, it's still very, very, very green. So let's talk a little bit about what these inflation numbers are about and whether or not we should be worried and whether or not these inflation numbers are going to ruin the $50,000 Bitcoin party. But then I think we need to talk about something more important. Yesterday, when Bitcoin hit 50,000, a lot of you got FOMO. A lot of you said, you're not invested enough. You got huge FOMO. Have you been sidelined? And the truth is, we need to talk about that. We need to talk not to those that got in really, really, really early, but let's talk about people who feel that they haven't got enough exposure. What do you do at this stage in the cycle if you don't have enough exposure to crypto? Should you go all in now to catch the rest of the cycle? Should you wait for the next dip? What is the best strategy if you feel that you haven't been or you don't have the right amount of exposure into crypto? So that's what today is about. Let's go. Let's do this. Crazy, crazy, crazy. How many people came to me yesterday as soon as Bitcoin was going to $50,000? And they were like, ah, we've missed a run. I don't have enough exposure in this cycle. What are we going to do? Guys, this is what today's show is about. Today is not the show about which altcoins we're going to be buying right now to make 100x gains. Today is a show about what happens if you don't have enough exposure to crypto. Is it too late? Should you be putting all your money in today? Should you maybe wait for a dip? Have you missed the run? Are we going to get to the all-time highs much quicker than we thought? That is what today is about. Obviously, we're also going to talk about the inflation numbers because the inflation numbers came in a little bit disappointing. Inflation came in hot. Inflation came in... At 3.1%, the market was expecting 2.9%. Trueflation was expecting 2.5%. I was expecting about 2.7%. We all got disappointed. What does this actually mean? Is this the end of our, our crypto party? Is this the end of our $50,000 Bitcoin party? That is what we're going to be talking about today. So listen, if you're not already subscribed to the channel, you need to obliterate the subscribe button. I'll explain to you why. We are running this promo called the Banter Bags. For those of you who were here last cycle, you know that the banter bags can make millionaires very, 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 very quickly. What we do is we get unparalleled access to IDO allocations, early stage allocations. We take $1,000 of each of those allocations and we put them into this thing called the banter bags. And then we let the bags run and we let the, the profits grow. And when banter gets to a, th to a million subscribers, as you can see over here, and banter plus gets to 350,000 subscribers, we give away the banter bags. And we give away the banter bags to someone who's subscribed to Banter, Banter Plus, and has any exchange account with a crypto banter link. So if you don't have an exchange account, you've still got a while to get an exchange account. You never know when we're going to select the winner. I could select the winner today. Maybe I will select a winner today. Who knows? Actually, today is, is not that day. Or maybe it is. Okay, maybe we'll, maybe we'll select a winner today. Just make sure you have those accounts if you are selected. We did have a, an unfortunate incident with uh, Coffee Please, who won but wasn't subscribed to Banter Plus. And we couldn't give her the banter bags. She would have been the first winner in the banter bags. So listen, we've got a lot to cover today. We are slightly late, uh, but we're late because of the inflation numbers. The inflation numbers destroyed us as they destroyed the whole market. And the reason why the inflation numbers destroyed us is, I guess everybody was waiting for 2.9% inflation. 
And then the inflation numbers actually came in and they came in at 3.1%, which was, I mean, it was higher than anybody had actually expected. So Bank of America was expecting 2.9%. Um, JP Morgan was expecting 2.9%. These are all the banks that were expecting 2.9%. Goldman Sachs was expecting 3%. Barclays was expecting 3%. So the highest of the expectations was around 3%. Bang, we get that 3.1% inflation. And now the market is starting to worry. And the reason why the market is starting to worry is because you remember what Powell said. Powell said that he needs, in order for him to be able to reduce rates, he needs to be convinced that inflation is really under control. He said, I don't need inflation to get better. I just need more data to show me that inflation is staying the same. That's all I need. And so what we were really hoping for is we were hoping for this inflation, the inflation numbers to come down and strengthen the, the, rate, the, 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 the case for rate cuts. And we didn't get it. We got 3.1% instead of the 2.9% the, uh, the that we we're doing. Core CPI was unchanged at 3.9% versus expectations of 3.7%. This is the 34th consecutive month with, with inflation numbers above 3% and the first jump since September. Question is, can the Fed actually pivot right now? What is the market thinking around what the Fed's next move is going to be? I'll tell you one thing. Before we were going into the uh, inflation numbers, the market was expecting a rate cut in May. So they said, okay, no rate cut in March, but we'll get the first rate cut in the, the May FOMC meeting. Now we just after the, um, we're just after the uh, interest rate announcements. You've got 62.7% of no rate cut in May. And so now the market is saying that the first rate cut potentially will actually only be in June, you see? So that is um, uh, what the market is actually saying. So the market is now delaying any expectations of any rate cut. So what has that done to the markets? Well, the first, the first thing we need to look at is we need to look at the Dixie. So here's the Dixie. The Dixie is now trending towards the 105. I mean, just look at this, this candle in the Dixie. This morning when we woke up, the Dixie was at 104. Now trending back towards 105. In fact, it's actually been as high as 104.9. What has that done to the stock markets? That, that is the NASDAQ. So if you look at the NASDAQ on the four hour, we are, about, we are down about 1.54% on the NASDAQ. Let's look at the, the US 30, which is the Dow Jones, which is the more tech heavy, uh, the more uh, industrial heavy stocks. That is down about a percent. Let's look at the SP 500. Let's look at the, the SP 500 stocks. And let's see where we are now on the SP 500. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the wrong SP 500. Let's quickly go here. SP 500. There we go. S&P 500. Dow Jones and just industrial average. Uh, okay, this is it's giving me it's giving me the wrong the wrong indicator. But basically, what you can see is that most of the markets are actually down. Let's look at where Bitcoin is. So, I mean, I think maybe before we look at Bitcoin, let's maybe look at the altcoins. If you look at the altcoins um, and you look at them on the hourly. It's a mixed picture. I mean, you've got a lot of reds, probably more reds than greens. But if you zoom out and you look on the daily, what you can see on the daily is that pretty much everything is still green. The, the inflation numbers are not managing to ruin the Bitcoin $50,000 party. So yes, of course, we had the market re react and the market respond to the, the bad inflation numbers, but it looks like Regardless of what's happening with the Dixie, regardless of what's happening to, to the rest of the market, Bitcoin is determined to continue going back towards this $50,000 level, which we actually tagged last night. And I think that if you look at this $50,000 level, I think we need to spend a long time talking about 
the relevance of this $50,000 level. Because I think none of us expected that we would break $50,000 so quickly. In fact, if you remember yesterday's show, we were hovering around the 48,000 level. And what did we say when we were hovering around the $48,000 level? We said, look, we didn't think that the $48,000 level would be an easy level to break because we had tried to break it before here on this week and we didn't break it. And then just a couple of hours later, we're going to 50,000, we're going to 50,200 and we're starting to break levels that we haven't seen since uh, 2022. This is a very, 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 very significant level. And we need to talk a little bit about this, this level over here because the last time, that Bitcoin was at this level. In fact, if you look at, at, at this level, it's kind of unfamiliar territory for Bitcoin. I mean, I won't say the right word is unfamiliar territory. I would just say that it's, it's not uncharted. It's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not uncharted, but it's very, very, very unfamiliar territory for Bitcoin. I know we've been above 50,000. I know we've been to 69,000 um, in the previous high. In fact, let's quickly zoom out and just get, get some perspective here. So, you can see that in the previous cycle, in fact, let's get, let's get a daily here. Let's get a, let's get a daily chart here. And you can see that in the previous cycle, we'll get there quickly here. Um, we have obviously been much higher than 50,000. We've been to the 69,000. And let's see on this chart over here, we've been to 69,272 on this chart over here. So we have actually been above this 60,000 level. But it's not... So it's not uncharted, but it is unfamiliar territory. And the reason why I say it's unfamiliar territory is because even though we've been there, since Bitcoin was launched, Bitcoin has only been there for 144 days. You're talking about 2.44% of Bitcoin's entire lifetime is um, how long we have actually managed to be above the $50,000 level. So it's not uncharted territory, but it is unfamiliar territory for Bitcoin. And if you look at the last time that Bitcoin was above this $50,000 level, you can say that times were very, 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 very different. The first thing about it is that we were after the halving. In fact, we were 273 days after the halving. We got to $50,000 on Bitcoin. And when we got to this $50,000 level on Bitcoin, the market was a very, very, very different market, right? You think about where we were. We had 50% of the supply lettuce hands. We had the Terra Luna Ponzi scheme who were buying $3 billion worth of Bitcoin. You had FTX selling bullshit paper BTC. You had GBTC premium buyers paying a premium for their, for their, their, their Bitcoin. You had a whole lot of Super Bowl ads. Um, now we just had the Super Bowl, ironically. Not a single Super Bowl ad. 70% of the supply held completely by, by long-term diamond hands. We've also got the ETF bid, which we'll talk about. And I think quite importantly, if you think about the last time that we were at $50,000 in Bitcoin, it was before the beginning of the quickest and most aggressive Fed tightening cycle in history. Yeah, th this was the most aggressive and the quickest tightening cycle in the history of the Fed. Now, this time we are back at $50,000. The first thing we know is that retail isn't even here yet. Last time that we were at $50,000, it was peak FOMO, peak retail, peak Google searches, peak I want to get rich quick schemes. This time, retail's not even here yet. In fact, most people don't believe this pump. In fact, a lot of people here in, in, in crypto right now 
still haven't believed the pump and still landed up being sidelined. We're going to talk about those people a bit later today because I think today is a show where we talk to the people that believe that they don't have enough exposure in crypto and show them what we think they need to do right now. Remember, not everyone got in when we got in. Not everyone got fully deployed at the time when we were fully deployed and I was begging everybody to be fully deployed. And I said to you guys, let's go. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm entered, I'm all in. But not everybody managed to get in. So that is the difference in the two markets. The last time that we were here, the last time that we were at 50,000, the Fed was about to go into a monster, monster, monster tightening cycle. It was 300 days after the halving, so to speak. It was with very, very, very few use cases, etc. Here we are again. Here we are again at $50,000 Bitcoin, or yesterday we touched $50,000 Bitcoin. Where are we exactly right now? Well, as I said, retail hasn't even got you yet. We are not 200 and what was the number? 270 something days, um, 273 days after the halving. Actually, this time we're 67 days before the halving, not after halving. Now, why is that important? Because if you look at what happens before the halving, I mean, taking the blue line here as the halving, what happens before the halving is kind of like a warm up. And usually what happens after the halving is when we get this crazy, crazy, crazy bull run. Now we're here at $50,000 and you can kind of say, okay, we had $50,000 kind of like here in the cycle. In fact, here in the cycle. This is where we, this is our starting point. This is our $50,000 starting point. And what seems to have happened is we seem to have maybe broken this four-year um, uh, cycle because generally what we get when we talk about the four-year cycle is we get a little pre-halving dip. And I said to you, you know, if this pre-halving dip was actually going to, um, if this pre-halving dip was actually going to play out, then it would have had to play out in the next week. And now, instead of this pre-halving dip, we're now getting this little breakthrough out of this little halving cycle. So we may actually even be going faster than we thought, much, much, much faster than we thought. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you would have asked me, do I think that we're going to be at 50,000 today? I would have said to you, I don't think so yet. I think probably another month before we get to 50,000. Now people are talking about all-time highs, maybe uh, uh, by the halving actually hitting all-time highs. That's, that's the difference between this cycle and the last cycle. The other big difference is, the other big difference is, something that you really need, need to pay attention to, is the headlines. Because look at the headlines that the fund managers are starting to see today. They, they arrive at work, they log on to their Bloomberg terminals or their BlackRock terminals and whatever information sources TradFi wealth advisors use. And what do they see? What, what do they see? I don't know if you watched CNBC last night. I watched CNBC last night. It was all about Bitcoin and the Bitcoin rally. Bitcoin extends its gains, breaking through the $50,000 level. That is what they're seeing. $50,000, $50,000. That's the thing. Bitcoin closes, rises to $50,000 for the first time since December 2001. That's, that's the, 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 the communique, the communique that is coming onto, onto the, the, the screens, right? Uh, uh, everything is around Bitcoin and this, this $50,000. Bitcoin extends its gains, breaking through the $50,000 level. Bitcoin surges to $50,000 for the first time since the 2021 ETF demand. Bitcoin hits $50,000 every... Oh, this is exactly, exactly, exactly what the fund managers are seeing. Why are they seeing this? Because it's the $50,000 is a good psychological level for people to be writing about. Now, up until now, when these fund managers have seen the $50,000 headlines. 
there's been nothing they can do about it. Yeah, I mean, a few of them were smart enough to go and buy GBTC. For a lot of them, it was too risky. Some of them had Coinbase custody accounts. Some, some of them had um, exchange accounts. But the majority of the wealth managers would read these headlines and not have a way into Bitcoin. It was just impossible for them to get into Bitcoin. This time is different. This time, they start seeing the headlines. The headlines trigger the exact FOMO that we thought the headlines were going to be able to trigger. And what happens? They are... They have a way to be buying Bitcoin. And you can see that that's exactly what's happening. The FOMO is starting, the GBTC outflows, not, I mean, probably inconsequential. On the other hand, the ETF inflows, 1.44 billion of new funds in the last three days. In the last three days, we have accumulated 1.44 billion of new funds into the ETFs. You can see that in total, IBIT has seen $375 million of inflows in one day, $4.1 billion in net inflows. Now, I don't know how many of you watched our shows before the ETFs were approved. We said that if we get anything between 5 to 10 billion in the first three months of the ETF, that would have been an amazing, amazing, amazing success. Here we are. We are one month and three days after the ETF approvals, one month and two days after the ETF uh, uh, started trading. We have... 4.1 billion in total net inflows with 3.375 million in one day alone. That's where we are. That is where we are in the cycle. And, you know, before the cycle started to play out, what we spoke about was we said, look, you know, maybe the, the ETF for Bitcoin is, is the gold moment. Maybe it's like, you know, we said like, you know, when, when, when gold, uh, when the gold ETF was launched um, in 04, uh, the gold market cap was $1 trillion. Now it's at $13 trillion. Mark, Bitcoin's market cap prior to the spot ETF launching this year was $900 million, Now $1 trillion. Maybe we are repeating the gold cycle. Maybe that's, 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 that's what's going to happen. Regardless of what you, what you think is going to happen, regardless of, 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 of the ETF cycle, the reality is that right now, things are going to get really crazy, really, really, really fast. You can see it. I mean, you've got micro, Michael Saylor is now in... $3.5 billion in profit on Bitcoin. I promise you that that is a lot more money than MicroStrategy and MicroStrategy shareholders have ever, ever, ever seen. And remember that the Financial Service Accounting Board accounting standards were changed. And as other companies start seeing this, now they can actually start buying Bitcoin and putting Bitcoin on their balance sheets without having to write it down every single time that the price goes down. So I think that this is kind of like what it's going to start looking like. And I think it's going to start looking like it very, 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 very soon. I think the cycle is, is starting to look much, much, much more aggressive than we thought. Um, again, I say to you, I, even I, and I'm, I'm a huge Bitcoin bull, if you would have said to me, put your money down and tell me that we're going to be on the, you know, the day before Valentine's Day, we're going to be at uh, $50,000 Bitcoin. I wouldn't have put money on it. I, would, I mean, I'd keep my long-term investments, but I, I don't know if I would have put money on, onto it. But now we're witnessing something that's crazy. We're witnessing a new big pipe. And this new big pipe is the ETF pipe. And the problem is that the supply is about to get cut, cut in half because in, in exactly 67 days, the supply gets cut in half. And I mean, that's just basic mathematics. When you have much, much, much more demand, when you're starting to do $375 million of, of inflows in one day, and your supply is about to get cut in half, mathematically, 
um, I think there's a, there's a there's a mathematical uh, what's the word a, math, a, math, a mathematical in, in inequality like it, it just it, it's not something that can actually um, be maintained and so the reality of what we're about to get you I think whatever we were planning I think what you need to do is maybe take a step back and say, look, I know I had expectations that the market is going to go crazy. I know I had expectations that the altcoin market is going to go parabolic. I know I had expectations that we were going to only hit all-time high maybe by the end of the year. But maybe we need to reset our expectations and say, you know, maybe things are just going to happen much more quicker, much more aggressive. Maybe now we're in a, in a different league. Maybe now we're playing in trillions and not billions. You know, before we were playing in billions. Now we're playing in, in trillions, not billions. No matter which way you look at it, no matter which way you look at it, we are in a period now, we are in a time now when things are about to go absolutely parabolic. And I, I mean, we can keep talking about the same char charts that we speak about every single day. We can talk about this chart over here and, you know, we're just warming up and go absolutely crazy. And there's a million of these charts. Here's the total three. Look at the total. I mean, I'll show you what it looks like. So here's the total three. Let's zoom out of total three just so that you can see where we are. Let me just zoom out. Oh, it's, I'm on the four hour. Of course, it's going to take me four years to zoom out here. So I'm literally zooming out the four year cycle. So if I say four years. So, you know, if you look at, at where we are now, you can say, okay, well, you know, we just saw that the, the Bitcoin move is, is getting a little bit more aggressive. So now the altcoin move logically would, would probably, be, probably be more aggressive. And you can kind of say that maybe we're here. And the next part of the move is, is this part of the move over here. That's, that's logically what would happen. And so far, this cycle has played itself out exactly like we predicted. Exactly. So I'm just going to move my chair here. Um, who's been messing with my chair? Has Kyle been on my chair? It seems like Kyle's been... Tomorrow we'll, we'll have to punish Kyle. Tomorrow we have to punish Kyle. Um, so the moves are going to be... The moves may actually land up being much, much, much more aggressive than we actually thought. And that's our reality. And the reason why I don't think we were prepared for this reality is because we've never had a bull market where Wall Street are the buyers. We've never had a bull market where, where you know, where or it's always been very, very, very hard to get money into crypto. Now, all of a sudden, to get money into crypto, you just need to buy an ETF. That money from the ETF then flows into Bitcoin. Long-term holders maybe start selling some of their Bitcoin, maybe not. And that money starts flowing into altcoins. And the one thing that is absolutely, absolutely inevitable the one thing that is absolutely, absolutely inevitable is the fact that what's going to happen is it's going to be Bitcoin and then the altcoins are going to follow. A lot of people are going to argue that the, the Ethereum will follow next because of the ETF and there's going to be the whole ETH narrative and then all the altcoins are going to follow. We can talk about that and we'll probably talk about that on some other show. But the reality is that when I look at the altcoins right now, this is the last week of altcoins. 65% on Beam, 36% on Casper, 43% on Stacks. This is the top 100. Just look, look what happens when I go to Banter Bubbles and I go onto the, the next one. Super. Because as you go down, as you filter and you go down to the smaller altcoins, the moves become much, much, much more aggressive. So Super in the last week is up 75%. Uh, De De decentralized Social up 37%. Worth, I don't even talk about Neutron. We're investors in Neutron. Uh, Zeta Chain, we're going to talk about Zeta Chain uh, later on in the show because I think this is one that we need to spend a little bit more time on. But you can see Victoria VR. Remember, we spoke about Victoria VR and we said that this Victoria VR is one of the only uh, um, uh, crypto tokens that is actually capitalizing on the Apple Vision Pro hype 
really capitalizing it by building uh, applications. So you can see that the altcoins have already started to perform. And that is, I think, what we need to talk about today. But I don't want to talk about which altcoins are going to pump, even though later on we are going to talk about a couple of altcoins that are going to pump. I want to talk about, I want to have a much more real discussion. And the real discussion is, I know that a lot of you are sitting here going, I'm not invested enough. Have I made the biggest mistake of my life? Should I be getting in now? Should I just take all the money that I've got and get in now? Should I wait for the dip? What is the right strategy for those of you who are not properly invested into this market now? That is what I want to spend a few minutes on before we, go, we continue with the degen of altcoins. Let me know in the, in the comments right now if, um, if that is one of you. Someone says, congratulations to Sheldon on his wedding. Sheldon came here. He said he's going on honeymoon. He's packing his streaming equipment. I was like, what the hell? You cannot. Let's actually phone him and just make sure that this guy, let's just, let's just phone him now and make sure that this guy doesn't take his streaming equipment on honeymoon. Because if he does, we have to fire him. Hold on. Let's just phone him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's phone him. I'm not allowed to show his number on screen because you DJ and start phoning him. He's not answering because he's driving his Lambo and he can't hear. Yo! Yes, sir. Uh, we live on the show. What up, bro? What up, bro? Yo! What's up? What's, the, what's this about packing your, your, your uh, streaming equipment going on honeymoon? Bro, we got requirements for the bird, like, I don't know. Sheldon, 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 if you pack yeah. your streaming equipment on honeymoon, sir, you are fired, yeah. sir. You are fired. <laughs> it's your honeymoon. Thank you, bro. Go and enjoy, go and enjoy your honeymoon. Go and have fun for your honeymoon. It's, it's an experience that you're never, ever, ever going to repeat in your life. Don't take streaming equipment. Nah. We'll hold the fort. Nah, well, bro. Bro, I just want to make sure the community is fine. Don't worry, bro. We yeah. got this, bro. We got this. Go on honeymoon. Go on honeymoon, bro. Go on honeymoon. Okay, thank you. Thank cool, you. brother. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Enjoy. Okay, so he's not allowed to take his streaming equipment on honeymoon with him. Anyway, let's quickly just um, remind those viewers, because there's a lot of new viewers, and we will, get into, we will get into all the stuff that we wanted to speak about, but let's just remind the viewers. Um, Number one, if you don't already have an Apple Vision Pro and you want an Apple Vision Pro, I want an Apple Vision Pro. I don't have one. I have ordered one, by the way. You need to go here. You need to open an exchange account. You've got like seven Pro days left. Enjoy. You need to open an exchange account. There are a whole lot of links here to all the different exchanges. You can open an account with Bybit, BitGet, Deribit, BitFlex, BigX. Deposit money into the account so we know it's not a scam account. Otherwise, people are just using bots and then you will get an Apple Vision Pro. Also, you can, if you want, you, it also signs you up for the banter bag. So you know exactly, you know exactly what's happening there. All right, let's talk about what, what, we were, what we were speaking about. And that is, you're sitting here now, you're saying, look, we just hit 50,000. Things are moving much quicker than we thought. Should I be taking all my money now and investing all my money right now? Or what is the best strategy for me? What is the best strategy for me? And let me know in the comments. I want to know how many in the comments, how many of you guys are not invested? You've been completely chicken um, and you haven't actually invested uh, the amount of money that you wanted to invest in crypto. L let me know in the comments. It's a super, 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 super Im important question that needs, to be, that needs to be addressed. So the truth is that you know that I have been fully deployed and I've been fully deployed since November. Here it is. This is the tweet. I said, I, have some, I had some dry powder during the bear. I deployed it really slowly. It felt really tough to do it, but I was buying Bitcoin at 18000 solid $13, ruined $1.30 and a few others. My trades were all public on my show. I've been fully deployed now for a few months. 
And after four crypto cycles, this feels like the first cycle in my life that I've actually played it right. Let's just hope I can exit this one as beautifully as I can enter it. As beautifully as I entered. But I know that this is not realistic. And I know that most of you, unfortunately, haven't been here for as many periods as I've been here. And therefore, you didn't do the same thing. And I understand it. And the reason why I understand it is because I was there before. I was there in 2017. I was there in 2021. And I made the same mistakes that a lot of you guys are actually making right now. And I had the same FOMO. And that's really what today's show is about. This is not the show about, ah, buy the 100x altcoins. This is a real show. This is a show where, where I'm going to show you guys, you know, what happens and, 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 and what needed to be done. Because, I mean, when I got into crypto, I got in somewhere around here, 2015. I think Bitcoin was about like $700. So it must have been somewhere around here. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when it was. December or something like that. Here we go. I bought, I bought Bitcoin. I messed around, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't believe it. But as we got here, I started deploying a whole lot of money. Started deploying a whole lot of money. And I lost it all. I landed up at the bottom here. Then there was the next cycle. And in the next cycle, uh, I, I swore I wouldn't make the mistakes. I didn't believe there was a bull market. 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 When I got somewhere here, I started deploying a whole lot of money. And I rode the top. And then I rode Luna all the way down. And that's happened to many, many, many people. And I want to stop you guys from making that same mistake, specifically if you're sitting here now, if you're sitting here today. Some people say great entries. You guys have obviously seen those entries. A lot of, a lot of them are public on some of my Bybit accounts. I mean, this, one, this one's a bit later. This is like 27,000 entry on Bitcoin, 141 on Arbitrum. This is a trade that we actually got in together yesterday, the $38 on Big Time. It's now 4164 Um I've got these. These, these, are, these are just a couple of trades, but the real other the, the other trades are the ones that I showed you, the Solana at, at thirteen dollars, etc. So let's talk about. Let's go back and talk about this situation over here, and say, look, you're not in, and if you're not in, what is the right strategy now? So I think the first part of this is to say, you have to first take a view on whether or not you believe what what is your individual personal thesis for this cycle. Because you don't have to buy the same narrative that everybody else is buying. The narrative that I have decided to play, and it doesn't mean that that's a narrative that you, have, that you need to play, is that we're going to follow all the previous halving cycles. And if we are going to follow all the previous halving cycles, then I've got to look at the halving cycles and I've really got to understand the halving cycle. What is, how do these halving cycles work? Well, what I know is that in the previous halving cycles, both in 2017 and in 2021, the all-time high happens 532 days, more or less, more or less 532 days after the halving. The halving happens in about 60 days, which means that theoretically, you've got about 513 plus 67 days left of the cycle. You've got about 590 days left of the cycle. Now, the reality is that you don't want to wait. You don't want to be late. The, last, the worst part that can happen to you is that you're late. Because what you realize at the end of the cycle, things tend to drop and they tend to drop pretty fast. Chances are, what, if you're good, you want to exit here, 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 or here. And the last thing that you want to be doing is deploying capital late in the cycle. You don't want to be, you don't want to be the person. Let me try and get, let's just try and find the other chart. Here it is. Let's bring that other chart here. You don't want to be the person that is actually deploying capital over here, over here, over here, and over here. Generally, unfortunately, what's happening is 
you don't believe the bull market, you don't believe the bull market, you don't believe the bull market, and so you don't deploy, and you don't deploy, and you don't deploy, and you don't deploy. It should be the other way around. You should deploy, and then ride the entire wave up. You shouldn't need convincing. You shouldn't need convincing in the, in, in, in the bull market that it's a bull market, which is why I say the first thing to do, start off with a thesis. Your thesis doesn't have to be the same as ours. You could say that you think the bull market's going to be a lot shorter, a lot longer. Who cares? Just come up with a thesis. Now, our thesis is that we're going to follow the halving cycle, but that this halving cycle is going to be a lot more aggressive. Now, the big question is, if you haven't deployed, what do you do? Well, let's again look at the halving cycle. So if I look at previous halving cycles, this is what they look like. You get this pre-halving stuff. When you get to the blue line and the halving, it seems to get a little bit aggressive. So what you know is that in about 68 days, if everything plays accordingly, it's going to get a little bit aggressive here. So now the question is, if you're not deployed, when is the best time to deploy? Here are your options. Your one option is you can deploy everything now. Problem with deploying everything now is that you would be deploying into the $50,000 pump. That feels a little bit uncomfortable. I know that. Theoretically, if you're here for the whole cycle, if you're here for, for between now and the, the next, uh, I don't know, 600 days, well, one option is to just dump all your money into the, the cycle now. But psychologically, that doesn't sit well with us, right? So then what would I do if I wasn't deploying everything into in, in, right now? I would say, look, Maybe in the next 30 days, just before the cycle, there's going to be some kind of dip. But what I would do is I would start dollar cost averaging. I would put in 20% of my money now. I would put in 20% a week for the next four weeks or 25% of my money now and then break up the next 75% with no looking at price. You basically say, look, you've got to, You've got to do what we're going to call today a, bu a bullet dollar cost average. You've got a dollar cost average and you've got a dollar cost average in pretty fast. And the reason why you've got a dollar cost average pretty fast is because you don't want to be dollar cost averaging. Um, you don't want to be dollar cost averaging here because here things are moving too fast. And every time that you wait a week or two weeks in a, in a market that's moving this aggressively, it'll come back and it'll haunt you. So let, again, let's just quickly look. Here, every, let's just quickly zoom in here and say, look, how many weeks did it take the market to go? That's one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. You're talking about 10 weeks. In 10 weeks, the market did, yeah, in 10 weeks, the market did, I mean, in five weeks, the market did, look, look, look at, that, look at the, the return that the market did in five or seven weeks. So you, you're probably in the last, if you want to be dollar cost averaging, you're probably in the last chance of this cycle where you can actually dollar cost average if you want to be dollar cost averaging into a week, if you believe this thesis. There's, there's no guarantee that it's going to be, that this is how it's, it's going to be playing out. If I was sitting on the sidelines, what I would do is as follows. I would take 25% of what I want to invest and I'd put the money in now. Then I'd, in the next week, and remember I'm talking about what I actually want to invest because you do want to keep some dry powder for opportunities if there are opportunities later in the market. So you'd probably say, look, if you've got a hundred, a hundred, if you've got a thousand dollars, put three, three, $300 aside and say, that's my opportunity fund. That's my trading fund. That's my, my IDO fund. That's the fun fund. The other 70%, I'm going to start deploying 25% of the 70% now. And then for the next four weeks, 
maybe five weeks, I would be deploying in equal increments. And I would make sure that I'm fully deployed probably 30 days before the halving. And then you wait. And you wait for the rocket to take off. What I don't recommend is the same strategy that I followed in 2017, which was put a little bit in weight, put a little bit in weight, put a little bit in weight, put a little bit in weight. Holy shit, this thing's going to take off. Put a lot in. Gone. Put a lot in here. And then just sit back and enjoy the ride up, knowing that there's going to be a whole lot of different bumps. So that is what I would do if I wasn't yet invested. If I wasn't, if I wasn't yet invested, then what I would do is I would be dollar cost averaging in the next month. And again, what's my, my rationale here? 69 days to the halving. I showed you guys what happens when the halving actually happens. That's usually what happens. Maybe we get one more pre-halving dip. Maybe you can be hopeful that there's one more pre-halving dip. The problem with these pre-halving dips is you may get a 20% dip, but what if Bitcoin's gone up 40% since then? You're still not at the same prices that you were today. That's why what I recommend is I recommend a time-based approach, not a price-based approach. Don't, if you're going to, if you're going to do the strategy, you've got to get uh, price out of your mind. You've got to close your eyes and you've got to say every Monday, 20%. I don't look at the price. I just put every Monday, 20% without even looking at the price. And once the the trade executes, what did I pay? Oh, who cares? Because anyway, I'm here for the rest of the cycle. That is how I would play this if I was not yet deployed. I am deployed though. So for me, it's much easier. All I'm doing now is I'm sitting back and I'm moving my pieces around into different narratives that I think are going to run. Not a big change, but you know, maybe a little bit less in gaming, a little bit more in AI. And I'm just playing the chess pieces. I'm taking profit from one token and I'm, and I'm, and I'm moving it into another token. A lot of you want to know, well, how am I taking profits on, how am I deciding which tokens to take profit on? Well, when I do that, I'm not looking at how much profit I've made on a token. I don't look and say, wow, I've already made 100% on Solana. Maybe I should take profits. I say, what is Solana valued at? Where do I think it should be valued? Uh Uh-uh, it's not where it should be. I'd rather find something that is closer to where it should be. So I look for the ones that are slightly overvalued in my portfolio. And those are the ones that I harvest from to invest in new projects. Because I'm 100% deployed. Right, so I'm just harvesting. I'm basically taking from one, setting to the other. Taking from one, setting to the other. Taking from one, putting a little bit of cash on the side in case a new opportunity comes up that I may actually need. So I'm trying to build up my cash position. So that is how I would be playing. That is how I would be playing if I wasn't yet deployed. And I know a lot of you guys aren't yet deployed. So I think the biggest favor that I can do to you is actually show you guys that it's not too late. In the previous cycles, we all thought that it was too late. Am I saying that, that, that there won't be a dip? Hey, maybe there's going to be a dip. There probably will be a dip. But don't make this mistake. Be sidelined. Market moves up. Get FOMO. Take excessive risk to try and compensate for it. Get completely rinsed. Play safe and stay sidelined again. And then just keep repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be this person. Rather, deploy. If you're undeployed, deploy quickly. Start riding the wave up and hope that your thesis actually plays out. Now, you could have invalidation points for your thesis and say, you know what, the thesis, if we go down by 30 or 40 or 50%, if the stock market does X, Y, Z, then you've got to change your thesis. It's just one of those things. That's, that's how these things work. But what you don't want to be doing is you don't want to be deploying at this part of the cycle. All right, so now let's assume that we're fully deployed. We're going to be fully deployed and we're going to make ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous life-changing money. 
big question is, how do we hold the money? How do we keep the money? Now, this is the part that I can only tell you from experience. I can't tell you, I can't tell you, uh, I, I, I can't tell you that I've actually ever done it correctly. And that's why I'm going to tell you what I'm doing this cycle that is different. Because I said to you, look, I mean, I've been here for a long time, but I'm not a genius. You know that I rode the cycle all the way up in, in the last cycle. I rode, I rode, the, I was the king of this, of this cycle over here. And I also rode it all the way down when Luna collapsed. And I rode it all the way down, holding onto my bags over here and, and a little bit of cash. And then I had to rebuild from this point on. I promise you that no one lost more money than, than I lost. And in this cycle, I completely messed it up. I, I bought all the way up. I bought, I bought all the way up and I held them all the way down and I was at less than zero and I had to hold them all the way to the top of the next cycle to actually make my money back. I finally made my money back, but I held on for too long and then I got flushed out. So what am I going to do different this time? What am I going to do different this time? I've got a new approach. And the new approach is that I'm not going to look at price and I'm not going to look at market sentiment. But when I decide what to sell, this time, it's going to have nothing to do with price and nothing to do with market sentiment. Yeah, believe it or not. That is how I'm going to play this. Now, you may say, well, if you're not looking at price and you're not looking at market sentiment, how the hell are you going to decide when you're actually going to exit the cycle and how the hell are you going to keep your profits? The answer is twofold. The first thing is I'm not completely exiting because there's a lot of tokens that I'm going to hold for the next cycle and the next cycle. Like my Bitcoin, I'm going to hold them for multiple cycles. My Solana, my ETH, my, my gems, my chain links, I'm going to hold those things for multiple cycles. That, that's like holding Amazon through multiple stock market uh, uh, cycles. But there is a big part of my portfolio that I actually do want to exit. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to do what I've done in every other cycle where I build up a whole lot of wealth and then all the wealth disappears. And then I build up a whole lot of wealth and then all the wealth disappears. And I'm still here and I still believe in crypto, right? But the problem is that I've made a lot, lost it all, made a lot, lost it all. I don't want to do that this time. So this time I'm applying a completely new approach and the approach has got nothing to do with price and nothing to do with, with, with uh, emotion and nothing to do with the market cycle and actually nothing to do with what the token does. My entire approach in this bull market is to decide what percentage of my bags do I want to hold for the next cycle and what percentage do I want to sell this cycle. The stuff that I want to hold for the next cycle, I'm putting it into a portfolio and it's locked up and it's on a ledger and, or a treasure or whatever it is, or a custodian or whatever it is, and forget about it. I don't have access to it. I'm not going to trade it. It's not something that I really care about, about investing or trading. That's the stuff that I'm holding for the next cycle. But then there's going to be a big portion of my bags that I actually do want to sell this cycle because I'm not an idiot. Because as much as I believe in crypto, tell you what I believe in as well. I believe in having dry powder to buy the next dip. I believe in having money outside of crypto to actually enjoy my life. This time around, I'm not going to buy a yacht, but I want to buy the yacht. I want to, I want to enjoy life. And remember, what we do is we, we work to accumulate wealth so that we can live like fucking legends. The problem with the previous cycles is we worked to accumulate wealth so that we could work so hard to try and hold on to our wealth while the wealth of the, was going down. Okay, this time we're doing it different. 
towards the end of the cycle, we are unemotionally going to cut a percentage, a, a big percentage of our bags, 50%, 60% plus of our bags, and we're going to cash it into dry powder and other investments that are not crypto-related. Yeah, even though we, we, we believe in crypto, we will buy ourselves a house, we will buy a new car, we will put some cash in a bank so we can go on vacation, we will, we will put away money for the kids' trust fund, we will put away some holiday, we will do all of this shit. And I'll tell you exactly how we're going to do it. We're going to do it unemotionally. We're going to do it not attached to tokens. We're going to do it not based on market price and not based on market sentiment. We're going to do it based on time. We're going to do it based on time alone. This is how it's going to work. Well, at least this is how I'm doing it. You can choose to follow me and I'm going to, when we get here, I'm going to do and I'm going to show you exactly the same thing. Right? We know that Typically, the high comes 500, 532 days or somewhere after the halving. That's happened in the last two cycles. We're going to make an assumption and we're going to say, look, the high is probably going to happen 500 days after the halving. But I'm not taking that chance. So about 432 days after the halving, I'm going to sell 15% of all the tokens that I want to sell. And then later, I'm going to, or, or 10%. And then later, I'm going to sell 20 more percent. And then I'm going to sell 20 more percent. So that 532 days, uh, uh, 532 days after the halving, even before, because I'm not that, 500 days after halving, all the tokens that I want to sell, I'm out. In weekly or in monthly increments, we'll decide later on, closer to time, like we DCA'd in, we are going to DCA out. And when we do DCA out, we're going to DCA out without looking at the uh, at the market prices or the sentiment or the 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 the, the shiniest new object we're not going to do any of that we're just going to set a time based rule and we're going to say every second monday we're selling on the, on the first monday 5% of our portfolio two mondays later we're going to sell another 10% two mondays later we're going to sell another 20% because remember that then then it's starting to get a little bit aggressive now what's the worst case I start selling here a little bit early. I'll sell a bit here a little bit, a, a little bit early. Sell a bit here. I'm not going to time the top. I'm not going to catch the top. I just want to catch this area over here. And you know what? You know what? If I get here and I'm 50% out of my portfolio and I'm comfortable to hold the rest of the 50% for the next cycle, which was exactly my plan, if the market keeps going up, I'm still invested 50%, right? If not, if you try and take your whole bag with you, if you try to take your whole bag with you, you'll be like I was in the last two cycles. I took my whole bag with me, but the only thing is I took the whole bag down with me. I didn't go up. It went down. And it happens in every, in every cycle. The cycles are always going to end. They're always, always, always going to, to end sooner than you think, which is why I say, hey, usually the cycle ends 532 days after the halving. Uh -uh, 432 days after halving. I'm starting to sell, guys. I'm going to allocate the bag that I want to sell. And I'm going to start selling. And I'm going to start selling first a little bit, then more, then more, then more, then more. And at, at the end, I'm going to sell like the last part of the bag. And I'm going to say to myself, you know what? I'm still holding 50% of my bags for, for next cycle, but I've got 50% of my profits. And you know what? I didn't catch the top. I didn't make all the money. I didn't make all the money. But I got a new car and I got a new house and I'm financially free and my kids are financially free and your kids are financially free. And we're still 50% invested in the market. 
And now we don't have to pay as much attention. We don't have to stream every day. We can stream every three days. We don't have to, we don't have to watch the, the, the banter bubbles every minute. We can now watch them every three minutes, right? That is how I want to play the cycle. Now, if you want to join me, if you want to play this, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be here with you guys for the next 532 days plus 68 days. 600 days. That's, ex that's exactly 600 days. 532 plus 68. I, I promise you I didn't just come up with that. that is, that's right. That's right. Eh? Yeah. 532 plus 68. That's 600 days. So I'm going to be here. But then after this, I'm going to be a lot less. Uh, and to be honest, as much as I love you guys, I really hope that after the 600 days, you're also here a lot less and that you've got all the money that you need to be financially free with your families and I don't know, your friends and whoever else you want to make, your mistresses, whoever else you want to make financially free, it doesn't matter. And I hope we don't see each other every single day. I, 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 we don't need to be here every single day because we'll have better things to do because we'll have a lot of money, we'll have financial freedom and we'll have 50% of our bags. So if you're in, smash the like button one more time. Um, and I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.